Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford coming to you. Uh, actually, we're in Mississauga, Ontario today in the, um, what do you say, the world headquarters of Nexian Learning Solutions in uh, Mississauga. Actually, we're just here um, uh, talking about training today, so that's what our show is all about, is, is, is the value of having a great training partner for us as small business IT professionals or small business specialists. And we're joined with, we have a great panel for them today. And, but a couple uh, quick tips of housekeeping um, things before we get started. We're on Blog Talk Radio, so we want to thank the people at Blog Talk Radio for giving this great service to us. And um, we have the call-in lines are open for those who want to dial in and ask live questions at 646-716-8372. And the chat window is open on blogtalkradio.com. So let's get right down to business. I don't think, uh, well, there's one announcement. There was a great event happening in Toronto this weekend. How can I forget? That's why I'm here. Uh, in Toronto is for SMB Nation Next going uh, starting tomorrow at the Microsoft Canada headquarters in Mississauga. I think you may still be able to get one or two spots left. I think there's some openings here for if you want to get on the last minute here. So SMBNation.com, you can sign up today. And uh, so let's get down to business. We're talking about uh, the value of a great training partner. We have uh, Wendy Callahan uh, we, uh, from Nexian here. We have uh, Al Nesterio. Did I pronounce that right, Al? Nesterio. Nesterio. I knew I would screw that up. <laughs> and Early Gigan from Microsoft on the uh, line, uh, joining us from Microsoft's office here, uh, actually about 15 minutes away down the, down the 401. So, Wendy, I want to say hi to you first, and you can introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Sure. Thanks so much for, uh, for asking us to join you here today. This is a great opportunity for us to jump on some live call radio and talk about my favorite subject, learning. Um, so I'm the Director of Product Management for our software training portfolio here at Nexium. Um, and I am here in, uh, in Mississauga, close to uh, our best friends at Microsoft. And uh, that's a little bit about me. And now you're with uh, Nexium as well, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Yep, uh, thank you. I'm uh, the Vice President of Channel and Reseller Partners. So my role here at Nexian is to work with the channel community and the, and the resellers to work with them not only for training for themselves, but also to allow them to resell our training services to their customers and, and provide some value to their customers. And for being us being a partner as well, it's a great uh, resource to have uh, our, our relationship with Nexian, which is hopefully going to mature more over the uh, next few years here. You bet. And you're coming in over the, over the phone here, so good or good. I always say good morning because you know, I usually do this from Calgary where it is morning. <laughs> but good afternoon to you, and uh, tell us a little about yourself and your role at Microsoft. Great. Thanks, Stuart, and, and ditto the thanks for, uh, for having me on the call today. My name is Early Giggin, and I am the uh, Partner Account Manager for the Learning Solutions Channel across Canada. And uh, what that means is I actually manage the learning business all up, uh, certification, e-learning, Courseware press um, for the Canadian market and work extremely closely with my amazing CPLS partners. That's our uh, favorite acronym here at Microsoft, Certified Partner for Learning Solutions, Learning Partners for short, um, and uh, Nexient being um, uh, one of our key players in the in the training space. Well, good afternoon to you and, and thank you for your time. So let me ask you the first question here, Early, since uh, you just finished off there. What are some of the challenges that you're seeing within the partner community or Microsoft side, uh, you know, getting information out to the the partner channel of some of the you know, new innovations that Microsoft's coming up with, uh, in, in just getting the partner channel engaged with uh, with learning. 
Yeah, it's um, well, that's a good question, Stuart. And really, I think it is the the pure volume of information that goes out. Um, it it really is getting out to our uh, our partner community and then our IT professionals um, the information that they need when they need it. Uh, Microsoft has has a whole suite of products that everyone's probably pretty much well well aware of, um, and but they're vast and, and deep and and complex at sometimes. And uh, what are really their challenges is making our partner community aware of the amazing learning offerings that we have for them to help them get ramped up and prepared for our suite of solutions. So Al, on the volume of information comment that Early made there, what are you doing to prepare other partners like myself to deal with all this information? Um, that's a great question. I think one of the things we look at is, is the issue of time. Um, resellers uh, and, and the partners out there are focusing on growing their business and selling their products and services, and when do you make time for training? So we're looking at various options to help them with that. Um, evening courses, weekend courses, uh, courses in smaller modules as opposed to you know attending a course for three or five days. We're looking at ways and being creative as well as blending our learning as well. So not just instructor-led, but e-learning and other solutions as well. Well, that'd be something that we're seeing with this new SBSE tour that's coming through Canada and around SharePoint. Mm -hmm. Is that Wendy? That's what you is that like an example of what Al's saying there? Oh, absolutely. So. Um, you know, given the the current, um, it was sort of say challenges, but you know, we want to keep our small business partners and, and our IT pros doing what they do best during the day, and that's you know helping to consult and helping their organization really make money. And so um, we really sort of stepped up, understand some of those challenges around time constraints and even budgets uh, when you're running a small business. And, uh, and we designed in tandem with Microsoft a great program that runs over the evening. And we basically took um, a great, significant, profitable opportunity around SharePoint, right? I mean, we, we certainly are seeing a, the broader opportunity around building profitability in your business around SharePoint. And took a, you know, a standard two-day program, condensed it over two evenings, built in some exam readiness, um, and, uh, and it's Literally, the program sold out because people, you know, partners are saying thanks so much for thinking about some of our constraints in our business. So, so are we going to see more evening type courses coming, for, especially for the busy IT pro out there? Absolutely. Anything that you guys can uh, share with us today? Well, you know, I think that's part. You know, I think what we would like to, um, we really try to garner more feedback from our partners, and that's what we really sort of call out to a lot of the partners and 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 to the, especially to a lot of your listeners. Is, uh, is we need that kind of feedback. So what we really try to do is take a pulse on what are the market opportunities, what kind of skills does this particular audience need, and then what can we build that will help to, to ready them in the right format. You know, it could be an e-learning solution. Um, but we really try to, we need that kind of feedback so that we build ongoing programs that, that make sense. Okay, great. And Eric, right. maybe a question for you here on you know, just capacity in the learning channel. Uh, one of the things I always see trying to book guys on, our, our, our technicians, I want to say guys because they're <laughs> men and women in the trade, is uh, when we, one of the challenges we see is there's a lot of course cancellations. Now, I won't want to say that happens with our good friends at Next, Next Team, but maybe some other CPLF partners that are out there. Well, it's a, it's a struggle for us. We, book, we, have, we want to do the training, but there's a lot of cancellations. What's Microsoft doing uh, to help the, the partner channel from a, the, across the whole partner channel dealing with you know, training and then having courses canceled? 
Yeah, you know, we're doing a lot of things, and, and the course we just talked about is one of the things um, that we're doing, but um, a variety of other courses um, that we're putting together in special time slots specifically focused on partners. We run, um, we've been trying uh, to run uh, this fiscal year, our, our fiscal year ends at the end of June, but this fiscal year we've been trying to run more dedicated partner classes stewards. So we've really, um, we've been trying to take um, the key courses in the market that we're seeing demand from from our small business professionals um, and condense them into, into formats that work for them given their busy schedules, but also, um, also offer them out in, in different varieties such as the evening course, but also as uh, dedicated classes, so just for partners, um, which gives us the opportunity to do some targeted messaging as we kind of chatted at the top of the call here was, um, was really like, how do we get the message out? And one of the ways to do that is to specifically target the partners and, and, and some of the partner needs. And that's, um, that's one of the things that we've done by creating sort of these focus classes for, for partners. And also some of the other things we do um, is looking at different ways to learn. So, you know, Nexient, uh, both Alan and Wendy there, I think, mentioned e-learning. Using different types of learning modalities like press and e-learning to support our, our students. And, um, and give them the flexibility to, to get the training and education that they need. And maybe one other quick question while I got you on the hot seat here is, are you seeing a rise or a fall in certifications of IT pros to even to MCSEs or MCPs? Is that, or is that number remaining constant? Yeah, that's actually, again, a great question. We've actually seen um, an incredible growth in certification this year in Canada. In fact, this is the first year we've seen certification kind of regain its strength that it had um, in the heyday sort of seven years ago. Um, so we are absolutely seeing people start to look at certifi certification again as a way to differentiate themselves and gain the skills that they need. Well, one of the, one of the reasons I like certification for our own company, it separates us out there from all the other partners or or those people that are not partners in the Microsoft family. Because mm -hmm. really, if you look at the big picture of the IT business, there's no governing body, that, just like a, like a vehicle mechanic that has to get certified by the government or do the apprentice. Anybody can yeah. you know, start a business tomorrow and become an IT guy. Wendy, what does Nexian do to you know, help those committed partners like myself? From, you know, we mentioned you know, you know, e-learning and the evening classes. Mm -hmm. Are we maybe one question I would have? Are we seeing a fall in the traditional, you know, going and putting people up for a week-long course to do like Windows Server, or is that still popular? In, well, in the partner or the customer community, I think we we see some differences. So, um, uh, just to add to Airly's comment to start off with, I, I think sort of some of the growth that we're seeing in certification is Microsoft has done an amazing job of of changing the certification format to focus on a product competency and then a job role competency. So, so they really become a specialist in a particular area. So you know, although we sort of have these all-encompassing certifications which are highly relevant and extremely um, you know, uh, all-encompassing, like the Microsoft Certified Systems Engineer, Microsoft has done a great job at re-engineering the certifications around becoming a, a technology specialist on a particular product, and then add to that sort of an IT pro um, job role specific certification that focuses on a, a particular competency with that product, so what you're actually capable of doing in your job. Um, we're actually, what's really exciting is that um, we see from partners the ongoing um, demand and requirement for certification because obviously it's part and parcel being a certified partner. Um, but it really does help that partner with their brand 
um, and does differentiate them, right, with multiple sort of competencies or certified professionals to advertise their services to their customers. Nothing like putting the logo up on your website. That's right, right. Yeah. exactly, right? It's, we can live with the, with the brand, which I think is important. So every single partner program um, that we launch into the market really has a couple of things in mind. One is obviously skills acquisition. Um, but we always embed a certification um, readiness strategy to help the partner to actually achieve the exam, put in milestones and all the support that they need to actually get certified. Because we know it's very important for partners to get certified. Now that the certification has changed focus and direction, I think that everyone's a lot more excited about getting certified because it really does demonstrate uh, an overall partner's competency. And it's the same for the IT Pro. And, and, and that's what we're also seeing is that the technology specialist and IT Pro certifications that Microsoft has launched, um, we see you know, much more of our customers that are really eager, especially around new products like Windows Server 2008, uh, Exchange Server 2007, SharePoint. People want that, that personal brand. To, again, showcase their capabilities. And I, and I think training overall, if people are starting to get smarter about it and look at it strategically um, to uh, coincide and, and, and really work with the company's strategic goals as well. So they're aligning training and certification uh, with a company's strategic goals and objectives. Um, and you know, just getting back to, to your course cancellations, what we're seeing is we're guaranteeing a lot more courses and we're also working with our partners to, to look at training um, and creating training plans for their individuals so they can plan training better. And that certainly reduces our cancellations because they're booking out further uh, and working closer with us as well. And Ernie, just a quick question. Do you, were you able to hear Al over there, the ringing of the phone there? <laughs> yeah, I, I heard a bit of it. It came in and out. Okay, I just want to make sure everybody got the message. That's great. Uh, Ernie, one of the we know there's a lot of CPLS partners, and, and there's some really good ones. Nexium, of course, you know, being, being one of them. But there's a lot of uh, CPLS, small, medium, large. Are you, do you see the market maybe consolidating a little bit over the next couple of years? Uh, it's one of the things in the IT pro community and the small business specialists. We're gonna we're forecasting some consolidation in the marketplace. Is that do you see that happening in the CPLS channel as well? Um, you know, sir, we had some, some major consolidation about three years ago, um, and I think now what we're seeing is those existing partner channels starting to, to gain strength again. I don't anticipate that we're going to see the same type of consolidation in the market. In fact, I think we're going to start to see those sort of small and mid-market CPLSs um, define themselves with uh, unique value propositions around how they, they go to market with their training solutions, focusing on specific areas, um, uh, going deep in, in specific technologies. So I think we'll sort of see a, a change in the way that the CPLS uh, presents itself. Um, but I, I don't see we're going to have the same type of consolidation that we've had in the past. I don't think Nexium can buy any more companies, right? <laughs> oh, you'll have to ask them. <laughs> We can't disclose. That's right. <laughs> well, they probably can, but I don't know. Right now, they're probably, you never know. <laughs> well, that's very true, you don't. But, uh, you know, Nexian's got a great brand in the market space. They absolutely are a critical national player for us with great, unique skill sets. Um, and I think there's room for both those, those large national players and really those, those specialized local players. Um, and I think that's what we're, what we're going to see in the market as we, as we start to define ourselves further as a, as a learning community. Well, there was Polar Bear, right? And then that became PBSC, and now it's 
Was there anybody else I missed in there? Or? Yeah, well, actually, I'll kind of give you some, some quick background. So um, Polar Bear, um, that used to be PBSC, formerly owned by IBM, acquired a company called Trios Training Centers that uh, most people knew in the Toronto market in 2004. And then Polar Bear also bought CDI Corporate Education. Um, and so we are the amalgamation of the two largest national training companies in Canada, and we rebranded as Nexium. Okay. No, oh, no, it's all clear. Yeah. I did my first, I did my NT351 training at Polar Bear year. Oh, There's a gun. There you go. Good. Uh, Al, you know, back to for the partners that are listening. You meant, you know, obviously we can look at a partnership with Nexium as an opportunity to gener generate more revenue for our business. But really, I look at it as it really helps me be that trusted advisor to our client. So if I had if I'm doing a big rollout of Office 2007, I can bundle Nexian's training services Absolutely. into that so I can okay, if we want to sell you know, every hopefully everybody's selling SA what they're licensing, right? The, one of the values there is the training, but maybe we could talk about because there's still some confusion around what do you get for SA. So let's keep that on the back burner. But are you seeing lots of partners coming and saying, oh, I need to uh, offer training, so especially other, as technology becomes more and more complex? Absolutely, and, and it helps provide the full solution to their customers as well. Um, because a lot of times, training is a component of, of an RFP or, or a bid or, or a solution. So now they become a one-stop shop, and, and by partnering with us, they're, they're, they're able to do that. Um, so yeah, we're seeing more and more of that. And it's a great way to own your, your, your customer. Um, and, and develop that longer-term relationship as well. And, what's, and, what's and the, win against their competitors. Win, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Win against their competitors. The, yeah. more, I, the more creative you can be, especially in the uncertain economic times, sure. uh, the better chance you have of succeeding. But what are, you, what are you seeing? Are most partners reselling that service, or are they just referring it on to you? We're, we're seeing a bit of both. Um, uh, probably the majority are, are looking at reselling uh, and working closely with us. Um, to develop the right solution uh, for their customers. So that's just simple as becoming a partner, and, yep. uh, and I, mean, put, I put it on my proposal that you know, we're, our office 2007 training for 50 employees is going to be X amount of dollars. X amount of dollars. Or they can purchase SA and get those training vouchers. But how does that work? There's still a lot of uncertainty around SA. Oh, sure. Well, you know what? Um, when, when you purchase software assurance, uh, based on the, what is actually purchased, uh, the client may be entitled to a benefit called software assurance training vouchers. Now, that's actually uh, something that's funded as part of their software assurance purchase, right, on top of their license sale. Um, but uh, depending on their volume, they may be entitled to software assurance training vouchers. And what happens is um, many of our customers, in fact, that buy software assurance, um, have trouble sort of identifying uh, who really owns that because oftentimes the, the person that you're selling the license to is entitled to the benefit but doesn't sort of take that to the training manager or the IT manager um, and suggest that, hey, by the way, we actually have 30 training days at a certified partner for learning solutions that we can redeem against a new software implementation, an upgrade, to get our teams ready for this stuff, as an example. So what we do is, as a learning solutions channel, and, and Nexium specifically, um, we work with partners to help their customers understand the benefits and all of the benefits that come with software assurance, help them, uh, what we would call, unlock those benefits or um, uh, ignite those benefits. And then what we do is help 
the partner, and the customer put together a proactive learning strategy around how to use that training that at that point the customer is not charged for, redeem the vouchers, and they get the proper training that they need. So I mean, to what I'm hearing, that training should be just one of those extra things that's always on every proposal that a partner always. puts out. Always. Just, you know, just like, Sorry, just like offering leasing or financing, training should be one of those things. Beverly, were you going to add something there? Yeah, I just wanted to say that um, you know the training vouchers and, and Wendy did a great job explaining them. Um, they are the um, I believe they were number one at one point. I think they're number two now in terms of reasons why people actually renew their um, um, their uh, software assurance or their their agreements. Um, so it is absolutely a critical benefit, and we all know that you know working in the in the small business space that uh, you got lots of, lots of things on your plate. So to have a partner um, such as Nexian to be able to work proactively with you around these agreements if, you, if you're in the opportunity to, to engage with them is uh, just really a huge benefit, not only to give the customer benefit in the, in the real term with these trading vouchers as well as the other benefits, but to be able to talk about ongoing, um, ongoing renewal opportunities for the agreement. So just um, one of the best benefits that we have available and the most widely used benefits that we have available under our agreements. So for the partners that are listening today, just a little bit of advice, a golden tip I guess I can say, is the, with the release of open value subscription now, you can get Office uh, 2007 for your clients at about $14 a month, and they get training with that. But how does that work when you go one for one, or is it? No, it, it's, um, there's actually a calculator, and we, we have, we're very happy to, to walk through. I mean, we could even do a separate session or send out a follow-up. But really, based on the total volume of the license, they're entitled to X number of free technology training days in our classrooms. Um, but it differs depending on what's actually sold, what type of license is sold. If it's an enterprise agreement, it's different from you okay. know, open select. And Actually, so it's a great resource, um, the Software Assurance Benefits Interactive Chart. So, and uh, hey, I, I know it's hard to find stuff on our website, but if you hop onto Microsoft.com and search Software Assurance, um, you'll pull up the Software Assurance Benefits Chart, and it actually goes into what you'll get on the open value um, uh, benefits, all of them, but you can uh, uh, interactively engage with the training vouchers column and, and see what you get per, uh, per license. That's good to know, because I think most partners look at software insurance as being an upgrade program, and it's a lot more than just an upgrade program. Absolutely. This is, like I said, number two to date in terms of why people activate and renew their agreements. Number two reason is these training vouchers. And, and let me tell you that um, there are um, uh, hundreds, at near I say millions of them out there that our, our customers and, and partners can encourage our customers to take advantage of. Um, so uh, kind of a hidden gem, if you will. And, and people love this. They love the training vouchers because this is a, you know, a huge opportunity to train and educate their internal teams. So. Well, I love them because it gives me an, a competitive advantage over maybe those people that are not familiar with that information. So I, I just finished reading the, the Blue Ocean Strategy. I'm not sure if anybody else had a chance to read that book. It's a wonderful book. What I'm hearing here is a lot of new ideas to take Nexium into the next decade as we come to the Hard to believe we're coming to almost to the close of the first decade of 2000. But this is what you know. What do you guys see in the next three to five years when it comes to learning? Uh, comes to learning in general from the in the IT space. Uh, maybe I'll address it over to you from the partner side. What can partners do today to help prepare their themselves or their clients for the next two, three, four years down the road? Um, good question. I, I I touched upon it earlier. I mean, I think training there, there's there's a shift where it used to be perceived as a budget item or a line item, and it's, it's no longer perceived that way. 
Um, you know, it, training objectives are now being lined up with the corporate objectives of, of the organization. Um, more and more companies are getting very serious about career paths, training paths, succession planning, uh, because of the huge number of people that are going to be re retiring over the next few years. Mm -hmm. They're using training as a, as a retention and attraction tool as well, uh, because people want to learn. Uh, they want the tools to, to do their jobs better. Um, and, you know, the better trained your employees are, the stronger your company is going to be. So I think you're, you're starting to see a, a trend where training is really looking, is being looked at quite seriously by senior management, um, and it's, it's now being looked at as, as an investment in the organization for future growth. So I think that's what you're going to see in the next couple of years. And, um, you know, I mean, Al is, is spot on, and, and when we think about software training specifically, um, the discussion that I have with our customers, regardless of their vertical, regardless of you know what customer they're servicing, especially around software, um, we talk about learning as a leverage point into their software investment. People, you know, I mean, we don't talk about software as product anymore. It's a, it's a business investment, right, to help us do things better, faster, more efficiently, help our teams collaborate better, help us uh, communicate more effectively. And so um, learning has become a, a part of how you leverage that significant investment in software. Um, and so... Um, the also, what we're also seeing is that the complexity of today's software, um, although things are perhaps maybe easier to code, the complexity of how the software links together. So if you look at Microsoft's business portfolio and we talk about you know, business productivity, we're talking about multiple products right, that intertwine to create a business solution for a customer. So the complexity of, and the vast array of what an individual IT pro needs to know about the business. It's not just system administration, it's also VB scripting. Um, really demands effective learning so that someone feels that they're capable of actually doing their job. So that's what we're doing is the, you know, the, the standard offering uh, really exists. I mean, we have a great national schedule that, that walks through massive portfolio, but we are really working deeply around helping customers and partners leverage software investment by designing solutions that make the right sense. So taking into effect what someone already knows, um, where they are geographically, so do they have access to a public training center, perhaps to Z-Learning. Blend learning to make it the right fit learning solution, um, and so we take all of that that customers' factors into play and design learning solutions around what they need for their business. That's a big difference from you know just looking at you know public schedules. That that's really sort of the value that we can bring into the market. We have a little bit of a party going on. Happy, happy birthday party! <laughs> so, when you mentioned the complexity around software, because it's, you know I to steal a line from my good friend Arif in Calgary, he says everything's complex these days. And you mentioned it again. Yes. What do you think the average employee out there? Which, how much of the software do they actually use today? Is it ten? I heard numbers like even ten years ago, it was only like twenty percent of the software's real uh, capability. 
And then they have their own capacity for what they know. For what they what they can possibly yeah. learn. So what do you think that that ratio would be? Well, you know, I mean, it's I, I I must note that that's what I'm going to say is anecdotal, okay? And so it's very difficult to quantify. Um, and Erlene uh, have may have some additional uh, comments, but it really I think largely depends on what type of software we're we're talking about. So let's just say Office. Right. Yeah. So so it's be really between 10 and 20 percent of the true function of a product like Excel because typically, you know, like we used to use the good old pen and paper, right, we knew functionally because we could visualize what we, what we were capable of doing with those tools. Um, we we uh, are only leveraging the bare basics of our repeatable tasks. However, right, the, what we do is help people unlock and explore all of the other wonderful capabilities of a product like Excel to help them build things like pivot tables, which might not be something that they were even aware of, because a lot of what we see is we don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. and so what we try to do is help people understand what they don't know and how they can leverage that into their job role in accounting or, or what have you. So even the, the small investment in training to the average employee. So even as a partner thinking about this when I'm proposing this to my to my clients, mm -hmm. that small investment on the training could huge rewards in, in profitability for the company, uh, you know, just keeping uh, a person engaged and wanting especially now that the I don't know what it's like here in Toronto, but still out west, it's hard to find good qualified people to work for us. So if you can offer training to your employees, it's one way to keep them engaged and keep them happy. Makes them more productive while they're at work because now they're leveraging more of the power of the software. Um, maybe I'll throw this question over to Al a little bit. Is, you know, to what Wendy said, uh, what are you seeing from the partner side of uh, the partners knowing the product that we're reselling? Well, they're they're thirsty for information as well. Um, the better they know the product, the better they're going to sell it. Mm -hmm. um, so so we're seeing the same thing. Um, you know, more more salespeople want want training, uh, not just the basic, uh, you know, one sheet uh, benefits and, and, and overview. Well, it's not a speed and feeds uh, yeah, anymore. Right? Exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, their their customers are getting smarter too. Um, it's it's becoming a consultative sell. Um, so they're not just selling, uh, uh, you know, a box anymore. They're they're looking at selling the full solution and providing real benefits to their customers. So uh, the, the sales reps are demanding uh, more training. They want more information, um, and they're starting to get more and more. I mean, the, all the resellers that I'm talking to, the amount of training that they're providing on a weekly basis is incredible uh, through lunch and learns and, and, and morning sessions. So that's just ongoing. So I, I can even leverage help back in Calgary. We're doing SharePoint at the end of the month on May 27th. So yeah. we're bringing uh, a, a speaker from Microsoft, Grant Albrecht, yeah. coming down. We have our partner, uh, Popcorn Technologies, doing the MOF side, and we're doing the WSF side. So mm -hmm. we're leveraging the, the partner ecosystem. We're leveraging our relationship with Microsoft. We all oh, the only missing component is having you there. Yes, that's so, right. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, going forward, I mean, that's a great way as a partner as we can do more to uh, offer even if it's free lunch and learns to our clients how we can educate them more on. And what, what, what's that cost? It's probably minimal when you look at the return that we can make as, as you know we're adding that into our into our solution offering to our clients. Early from the Microsoft side, what are you guys seeing with regards to uh, you know what we've kind of been talking about with the um, people using the functionality of uh, of the of the product line that Microsoft has? 
Yeah, uh, I don't have the exact stats in front of me here, Stuart, but um, you know the, the comments that many, Wendy made are valid, um, which is that is sort of the typical percentage that we see in terms of people unlocking the the functionality within the software. And you know that's really what um, what training and education partners are are, are key for. Um, Nexting actually runs a program called Office Tips and Tricks, um, which is a, an introduction to uh, um, to Office, um, really sort of the tips and tricks of of moving. Uh, from uh, from one version to the next version, and uh, we'll be looking at launching that for our, our 2007. Or actually, sorry, it's out for 2007. Is that correct, Lynn? I just want to make yep. sure. Yeah. So out for 2007 from from 2003. So um, so you know, it's absolutely um, it's sort of a critical component to to continue to drive up that number of percentage of functionality that uh, that people are using within our software. Um, you know, you talked about the market a bit too. I just wanted to kind of touch on that for a second, Stuart, um, <clears throat> which is. You know, where do we kind of see the training market go? And I just sort of wanted to top on to what Wendy and Al had said, which is, you know, we see the training and learning becoming such an integral part of the actual software sale um, itself. And, you know, if we want to go ahead and, and, and drive deployments um, as well as just driving software sale, it's absolutely critical that we have a trained and educated team um, at the customer base to, uh, to get that product out into the, um, and launched and deployed in the customer. And, and moving training and, and the learning solution community closer to that sale, so working closer with partner communities, be them small business, medium business, or large enterprise business, is, is just a critical piece because that's going to uh, bring together a well-rounded solution. We do talk about complex, and, and the world, your, your friend is absolutely correct, is, is getting more complex by the day. And, but I think we have the opportunity to, uh, to sort of mitigate some of that complexness by bringing together training partners um, with our partner community that's selling, reselling, implementing, um, driving the, the solution sale, and really complete, creating a complete, well-rounded, uh, well-rounded solution that goes right through from software sale to deployment. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Wendy, I think you wanted to add something there? Yeah, and you know, um, just around um, the partners, a lot of what we're also seeing too is that you know, the, the demand on a partner when we're talking about um, really changing someone's, you know, customer's business infrastructure, the demands on the partner uh, are also more complex. And so what we are also doing uh, that we're finding is that we're really helping ready their resources, not only from a software, but a, from a soft skill perspective. Mm -hmm. So we're helping to um, build out business analyst skills, project management skills, consulting skills, um, so that it's not just about being a software professional, it's about being a business professional. So, you know, we're, we're really, and one of the things that we're taking to market is how do you blend those? How do, you know, you're an IT pro, you've got to manage a multi-million dollar um, implementation for, uh, you know, ABC uh, mid-market customer. Um, really and truly, it's, that's a new job role. Perhaps you don't necessarily have the skills. Really, we're thinking about, you know, it's extending beyond just being a software professional and a software technologist. It's building out all of the skills requirements, you know, for that. that that's a great point. I think, uh, I mean, I just even recently read something in a training mag or a sales magazine where salespeople need business acumen skills um, so they can talk intelligently to their customers about their business and, and what are their business requirements so they can provide the right technology solution. Um, and we're also seeing um, a number of, of, of technical people rising up the ranks or, or climbing that corporate ladder. Um, and they're getting there because of their strong technical skills. Uh, but they also need those soft skills. 
the management training and the leadership training and, and the performance management. So we're able to provide all of that as well. Well, even in our, this is a great segue into the next little section I have here about around the importance of professional organizations like IAMCP, uh, our, even my peer groups that I belong to, uh, my user group that I'm started in Calgary, which is not a technical user group, it's a business user group. And the shift that we're seeing from speeds and feeds to understanding, I always, one of the things I always like to say what made me successful in my early days of being an IT pro was I understood what an oil and gas company was made of. I knew what the oil or the, the geologists did, I knew what the field guys did, I knew what the land, and I'm starting to see that now starting to gain some momentum in the, in the, the IT pro side, especially in the small business side, is we have a bunch of technicians who are are now forced to be business experts. Mm -hmm. And that's what their clients are expecting. They're expecting them to be the expert on their business. So obviously we talk we can talk about all the technical training, but what when you're 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 in your role at the IAMCP, mm -hmm. what can uh, a partner do to leverage a learning partner, to leverage some a group like the IAMCP so we can get a well rounded uh, mm -hmm. you know business acumen and technical training? Well, that's the thing is I think that identifying, you know, the core skills that are required for your individual job role is, is part of that. Because there is, and, and I think a lot of what happens is that we don't seek networking groups or, or organizations that we can be a part of to expand our network. I mean, I've been mentored by some of the most wonderful people in the industry because I met them at some of the industry association events. You know, you're talking about you can you can be part of Canadian Professional Sales Association. Um, there's you know IT Pro User Group where we talk about things like project management as opposed to just project server. Um, you know, getting involved with um, industry associations or um, things like Toastmasters. You know, even learning how to um, to speak and in, and engage someone in a large audience. I mean, that may not be something necessarily that that we've you know, ever done. And organizations like the International Association of Microsoft Certified Partners, um, you know, over the next coming year, we're really looking at, you know, what are the core business skills that a lot of the partners require? You know, looking at their sales professional, perhaps their, their IT pro, perhaps the senior leaders in the organization. I mean, you know, if you're president of a small business, you want to be able to foster relationships with other like presidents in the organization, but perhaps there's other management or hiring skill requirements that you may have. So we're going to look at you know, some of those core uh, opportunities um, over the next step and coming year. But I can't, I can't, I can't recommend enough that you know, getting out after hours to a lot of these sort of user groups, industry associations like KIPP, the Canadian Information Processing Society, um, there's, a, there's a plethora of organizations, and, and uh, maybe that might be a good sort of laundry list that perhaps you could even post on your exactly. after this, yeah. Uh, yeah. this site. It's just it's such a great opportunity to, to build and grow your, yeah. your social yeah. skills. Sh sharing best practices is, is an old cliche, but it, 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 <laughs> it really is powerful. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had a number of customers um, call us and say, would you mind setting up a roundtable? We want to know what other people are doing so we can learn from them. And, and it's a great opportunity for us to learn from our customers mm -hmm. so we know what we can develop going forward as well. Okay, it's shameless plug time of the, uh, of the, of the broadcast. Uh, this is a good way that, uh, you know, we're starting the Heartland Technology Groups in Canada. We're launching the first group June 2nd and 3rd in Calgary. We have five spots left for partners. 
So uh, this, this is what we do. We share best practices and we do all the stuff that we're kind of talking about today. So that, if you're interested, you can call you can contact me. We've got five spots left. So that's, my shame. that's the shameless plug time of the, uh, of the episode because we don't have to follow this. Uh, what's the group, group in Canada? The CRA 8, whatever, the, um, the government body that broadcasters have to... Oh. Yeah, we are. We don't have CRTC. That's it. We don't have to follow their rules. We make up the rules as we go. It's like satellite radio. <laughs> Apparently, what's Microsoft see? Uh, you know, from a professional organization, How, does Microsoft endorse the CPLF channel with uh, teaming up with professional organizations like the IAMCP? Oh, absolutely. It's um, you know, it just makes good business sense to to um, align yourself with organizations as you start to target specific verticals. You know, the, the customers today are so much more savvy. Um, I lived, um, I come from the dynamics world um, for eight years, uh, sold and, and marketed Great Plains. And, um, you know, we saw the customer mature. And I think we see that today across all, um, across all businesses. Is the customer is much more savvy. They want you not only there now to come in and just install software, they want you to come in um, and install the software and understand their business processes, understand their business, understand their, their needs, um, and be able to have a much more well-rounded solution. So, you know, associations um, you know, and vertical relationships are absolutely critical to gaining, gaining that knowledge. Um, our learning solutions partners are amazing at what they do. And by partnering with um, organizations within the IAMCP, um, you know, Wendy mentioned KIPS or the CAAA, um, is just an, a, a way to extend your knowledge base and really start to provide the customer what they're looking for, which is a solution for their business. And, uh, you know, and I just think that's a great way to do that. And, and we're not just complete, uh, competing locally and nationally anymore. It's globally, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the, the world has changed uh, significantly over the last few years. So we do need to get smarter. Um, and, and better at what we do. Well, if you haven't read The World is Flat, I highly recommend everybody read that book. It's, a, it's an eye-opening experience. Absolutely. It's very, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a remarkable book. Um, just trying to kind of think of some other things that, you know, things we could talk about here. Wendy, you know, I want to kind of touch back on the user groups because traditionally user groups are technology-focused. What are you doing in the Toronto area with your user groups to prepare them for, you know, the next step? The next step. Well, um, I actually am... Uh, personally part of um, six user communities, so on behalf of Nexian uh, specifically. So everything from that focuses on specifically almost job roles in the organization. So I'm an active part of Toronto.net, which focuses on our developer community, uh, the IT Pro uh, brand new community that's just started, um, the Microsoft Project Association, um, the Project Management Institute, um, just to sort of name a few. So really what happens is um, we've built, uh, like for our, ourselves, we've actually built an education partnership with them. So I work with those organizations to offer um, special programs, right, that, that help to, to keep and maintain a lot of their, um, their user community, right, because they're all for free organizations, by the way. There's no charge, for the most part, um, for attending. Um, and uh, I'm usually, at times, a feature speaker, right, to talk about, you know, okay, we're talking about this particular topic, whether it be um, you know, project management skills, or we're talking about the launch of Visual Studio 2008 and how to engage and how to get started down the, down the path, whether it's skills acquisition and certification. Um, that's, that's how I'm engaging. And, and what is phenomenal is that um, because these user communities are really geared towards 
the individual, not necessarily um, someone who is always you know, running or owning a business, it really gives them a lot of guidance to say, geez, you know, I didn't really know where to start. And so it kind of gave them a bit of a roadmap to, um, to building on their skill base and getting ready for perhaps what's up and coming in the marketplace or, you know, hey, I was considering this. So they had a face and a name to talk to. So they end up being sort of the learning consultant at a lot of these meetings. So it's, it's, I've had the most intrinsic value that I could possibly get even personally. I, I, I'd love to see user, user groups start at, at younger age levels. Um, like in the high school levels. Great. Um, I think um, we need more, more women in technology, and I think if we start capturing them sooner, um, I think we, we, can, we can really expand on that and, and really get younger people more engaged in, in, in the IT sector. Funny you say more women in technology. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, through International Association of Microsoft Certified Partners, we've literally just launched um, a community called Women in Leadership and Technology. And um, you know, for those of you who might be interested out there, um, that is a, a community that is being formed. It's, uh, it's specifically focused on, on encouraging more women into IT and then building on their skills to continue to work in IT because, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a Women are a great resource, but you know, talking about influencing earlier in the lifestyle, that's why we work with organizations like DigiGirls, et cetera. Um, and that, that is a very strong and powerful initiative that you'll see you know, being rolled out. Specifically here in Canada, we'll see events that focus on that, and, uh, and then also focusing on the younger community. Great, great. And what I'm seeing traditionally, while we're on the topic of women in technology, is traditionally they've always done the sales roles or some administrative type dude. I, there is definitely a, you know, we're looking at their 50-50 split on this call today. But, you know, if you think about it, right? Good job, good job, of course. <laughs> you know, I, I just showed that I can graduate from grade 10 mathematics. But, you know, you look at it, it's in the, the IT tech side of things, it's definitely skewed very heavily on the male. It's a male-dominated industry, and I believe that if we have, if we could bring the young girls up at early age to adopt technology and into the IT tech side of the business, I, I feel like we have a bit more creative uh, energy in the room in, in what we do, and I, and it's more colorful. I think it's a good way to look at it right? because there's more creativity, and I think. Technicians have always had that black and white type approach to things because I used to be one. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting, you know, the, that women um, make up the greater enrollment at universities, but the uh, enrollment in the STEM, the STEM programs, which are science, technology, engineering, and math, um, has declined across the board um, and actually has been declining, um, I think it's, uh, gosh, since 2002. And, uh, and that's men and women, but the decline is even steeper in the, in the, in the um, sort of the female sector. So, you know, we have a lot of work that we need to do, and Microsoft sort of sees that we also play a key role in that in, in driving the interest in technology and, and getting those, uh, um, getting not only uh, women into the business, but men back into the business, quite frankly, um, and recognizing that technology, um, technology is a cool place to be again. All I can know from my kids, uh, you know, I have a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old that they do not want to do what dad does. They do not. They don't want to be the IT pro. They want to. They want to be, write software, or they they want to do something totally different. So yeah, capturing that capturing at a young age is, is critical, both male and female. 
uh, Wendy, I want you know I'm a big Web 2.0 fan. I mean, everything I do, blogs, this show is like a web can be considered a Web 2.0 type initiative. Yeah. Uh, what is Nexian doing to prepare the IT pro, maybe from from outside and being customer for the adoption of Web 2.0 strategies from a from a technology standpoint or from a, just a business side? Is Nexium looking at that, or is that something you would even be interested in, in pursuing? No, you mean as a service to our clients? Or, or, or even training, like how to, you know, how to effectively you know, mm -hmm. run this or do that or yeah, blog like this. Or, and yeah. Blogs. yeah, that's actually um, because the, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, um, as a director of product, product management for information technology portfolio, we realized that um, the way people want to learn is different than it was 10 years ago. And so uh, we are very heavily investigating strategies around you know, wikis and blogs and, and, uh, and podcasts and you know, you know, or, you know, even venues like this right, to look at. Um, but what happens is, is that we have to be very smart about the shift. Okay, because we we have a, a large end user audience. Okay, we train about a hundred thousand people a year, and so what we have to do is introduce, um, you know, even how we introduce learning um, in uh, what we'll call palatable chunks. But the flip side is I'm also investigating how to train people to even enable their business with those kinds of tools. So, but there's not, so if you, if you really, unless somebody teaches you or you navigate Facebook on your own, there's no manual that says this is how to do it. So we also have to figure out how to articulate and codify, you know, what that kind of training for you, Stuart, in your business would need to look like. So we are absolutely, we understand and are keeping a pulse on all of the, the latest and greatest technologies, but we have to figure out what is going to make business sense to offer to, uh, to business partners, IT pros, developers, um, so that becomes it can become a repeatable program. Especially as we look at the younger generation, because that's how they buy things, that's yes, how they, they look at for services, that's how they find their friends. Absolutely. It's all on the web. Absolutely. And you know, we did a survey, we did a, a meeting in Dallas a few weeks ago at our SMB Summit, and out of 65 partners that were in the room, I think five of us had an active Web 2.0 strategy to promote our business. Mm -hmm. And now maybe what are you seeing from the partner side of uh, on the Nexium partners on Web 2.0? Yeah, it's definitely uh, a, a huge area of interest for them. And, and, and you know, where we take some of our direction is from those partners. Yes. You know, what are they hearing? What are they seeing on the street? Uh, as well as, as our partners such as the Microsofts. Um, so we, we are working with them and, and constantly meeting and taking some direction from them as well. So um, you know we try and stay as close to the street as, as we can uh, and stay on on the leading edge um, and, and make sure. I mean, as Wendy said, as I said, it, it needs to make the right business sense for us as a training organization. I mean, we can develop all kinds of training programs, but we have to develop the right ones. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's no sense in, in making huge investments and then nobody wants it. So we, we need to make the right decision. So I think we just product. volunteered Stuart to be yeah. on our advisory <laughs> council on on how to get savvy, right? You know, I guess I should just stop bringing things up. I'm, I'm getting myself volunteer. That's great, but great uh, question. Anything from the Microsoft side, what do you guys uh, see around uh, Web 2.0? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know, we're we're seeing it in all partner um, in all partner segments, and we're using it at Microsoft in terms of how do we start to connect with our uh, with our partners and with our um, IT professionals. Um, so we're trying to do a lot of things to sort of capitalize on this technology. Um, be it blogs, be it RSS feeds, be it you know wikis, whatever the case may be. We're trying to uh, we're trying to capitalize on that. To you know, we started the, the top of this call off with how are we trying to to communicate with our channel and what are some of the challenges and and you know web 2.0 represents a great way to start to uh, to kind of bridge the gap Facebook well, one of the challenges I always had in the past with WPC coming up is how do I keep in the loop with everything that's happening for WPC well now they have an RSS feed that I plug in right into my startup page of my when I open up my uh, Internet Explorer mm -hmm. so that is the browser preference yep. and uh, and get on in uh, shameless sorry that was a shameless plug <laughs> but then when I open up IE I, one of the, my startup page has the WPC RSS feed, so I can just click and get an instant uh, link to what's happening. That's a great example, and that's you know we continue to try to do that, and and you know we have Facebook uh, groups that go on, and and you know we certainly have to be ahead of the ahead of the game when it comes to this kind of stuff. So, so kudos to Microsoft for having that uh, an innovation there, Wendy. You know we have well, five minutes, six minutes left. Um, I want to kind of. Move on from the you know the, from Microsoft because you know it's much a big part of your business. Yeah. But what else can a partner get you know learning wise? Can we look at uh, maybe some Oracle training, Cisco training, those type yeah. of other products? Yeah. Is that offered through Nexium as well? Of course, yes. I mean, um, you know, our our business uh, really is especially in our, our so I'll speak about our software business first. So um, typically, what we are doing is so the types of training that we offer is is what we see is a business reality for our customer. Okay, so they perhaps have a, a multi-platform solution that they've implemented. So, you know, we support IBM learning solutions, we support Citrix learning solutions. Um, so, really, when we talk about all the key, you know, most of the key players, the software players in the marketplace, we do support learning solutions because, I mean, we also have partners that support multiple software organizations because, again, they're supporting the business realities of, of a customer's software investment. Um, but outside of that, um, you know, where we talk, you know, peer play software um, and our, our uh, website, nextmatelearning.com, we, we showcase all of the, the technology that we support. Um, really, um, we also support partners and our IT pro and developer audiences in a couple of other ways. So we have a huge leadership and business skills portfolio. Um, so that's everything from presentation skills to, to active leadership. Um, and we've also got business process improvement programs. So I mean, a lot of our partners are engaged in ITIL implementation. We can help you know, train them on that. Uh, we also have you know, a great project management uh, curriculum to certification, a business analyst consulting skills program. Uh, you know, an enterprise business architecture program. So really, you know, our uh, what we bring to market is really all about the full skills development portfolio, from software skill to soft skill to build, you know, the ultimate professional. And it doesn't matter what you're doing if if you're in HR, if you're an IT pro, uh, if you're in sales. Uh, if you're a marketing professional, if you're a CEO, we really are all about developing the skills of your organization. And that's, um, that's really our, our philosophy, and, and that's uh, what we can certainly offer to all of your listeners on the phone. And Daniel, we have a number of listeners that are outside of Canada, of course, being on the Internet. We 
touch all on, on the flat world that we're in. Yeah. Uh, what are what's available to maybe the part, uh, partners that are on the listening to this later on uh, that are not in Canada? What, how, how can they engage with Next? Can they engage with Nexian or what other yeah, options yeah, are available? Absolutely, we, we've got partners throughout the U.S. Um, and, and Europe. Um, our instructors are, are certainly traveling to the U.S. to provide training for our customers that that, that, that cross borders. So absolutely, um, you know, we can deliver training anywhere, really. So we got a great, uh, you know, a lot of information here. We're we're in the dying moments now, so <laughs> I know when you want to say something, I have to jump no, in there for oh, a second. All good. Uh, what's the best way to find out more about Nexting to the website? Yeah, that would be the best thing. Um, our nextingatlearning.com is our website, and there's a huge call to action. We also have um, through our direct access teams, we have a uh, call center that's operating regularly, um, and you can find that number on our website as well. But uh, but yeah, engage us and ask us. Ask us to build the right solution for you because uh, that's what we're here for. And again, if anybody has any questions, I'm sure if you just email me, email me directly, I'll make sure it gets passed along to the to the right people. And you get the uh, you get my uh, email address off my blog at stuartcrawford.com, and that's S T U, not F T E W. Just make sure you go to the right spot. I might register that Stuart with the other spelling too. Um, everybody, I want to thank you all for taking time out of your uh, I want to say morning, but it's afternoon. Uh, Al for joining us, uh, Wendy, and Early from Microsoft, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having us. And just a reminder, we have a, a, some great shows coming up here next week. We're on the air with Ken Thorson and a couple other great partners, Steve Riot and Mike Fafinski. Steve's with uh, Next Tech out of Kansas, and Mike's with Cyan out of Minneapolis. And we're talking about what it takes to build a great sales professional. So that's next Friday, same time. And on uh, the 23rd of May, we're joined by Dana App, who's an MVP with security on uh, managing business risk in a remotely connected world. Again, the whole kind of flat world uh, theme going on here. Cool. But this is, uh, check us out. We're on the same time every Friday. We're going to miss a few Fridays because I got just my traveling schedule doesn't permit me. So we're, gonna, we're not going to have a show on the 16th of May because I have a commitment then. But uh, go to blogtalkradio.com slash SMB for all of our lineup on our shows. Uh, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep that up to date here. Uh, we usually forecast about a month out what's happening. So we've got a great lineup coming up that we haven't uh, put up on the website yet. Anyway, um, we, have a, we had a great show today, and I want to thank everybody for joining us once again. And check out our website, and uh, we'll see everybody next Friday at uh, 10 o'clock Mountain Time, or noon on the East Coast. <laughs>